Okay, your mama. Tell me that. Yeah, I mean, okay, my mother was the type of a person. She didn't have no education, but she had a lot of mother with common sense. I never seen a raggedy day. I never seen a hungry day. I never was out in the street. We always had a roof over our head. And I learned a lot from her. I learned how to. I never could understand it at the time that I had sisters, but I had to learn how to clean and cook. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, well, she she told me, she says, you know, you never can tell when you're going to be by yourself. And you got to learn how to do these things. You know. So she taught them to me. She learned me how to shop for food, you know the basic things in life, you know. And coming through life, I see what she meant, you know. How's it helped you? Oh, it has helped me tremendously. You'd be surprised how learning how to clean, it, it makes you a better person. It makes you independent. When you can do these things for yourself, to cook, wash, and sew, it learns you that you don't have to depend on people to do these things for you. Those are the little things in life, you know. And those are some of the things that you pass on. I pass them on to my kids, you know. And it started with my mother. What could you pass on to your children? Well, I, 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 what, I, what was important? To me, passing on to your kids is to be good citizens, how to make them strong and believing in themselves, you know. Not just to get an education out here, you know, but believe in yourself believe that nobody's any better than you are. You stand 10 feet tall. And don't try to think you're any better than anybody else. But if you run up against it, no man stands any taller than you. And my kids, especially my youngest boy, he learned that, that well. You know. And he tells me all the time, Dad, you show them a lot in life, you know. He said, but the main thing, you was always there when we needed you. And I know I had won that. What are the kinds of things that you did as a child? Did you go to the VP, I mean, the parade and stuff like that? Sure. That was down there in the yeah, city? Yeah. yeah, I went to the parade. I had parked cars to make, uh, you know, get a lot. And if cars came by, we'd flag them in there, you know. And uh, this was to make a buck, you know. Sure. And yeah, I remember the Vail of Profit well. What'd you think of it? At that time, it was a big, beautiful parade. You know, all the lights and the bands and things, you know. I had no thought about it being segregated at that time. I didn't know that <laughs> I was going to have to face up to that later on in life, you know. But at that time, it was just a big parade. Were things different um, when you came back from the service? I mean, not really. 
No. Well, I mean, was it different in your head? Because here you were. Oh, yes, yes. Because you yeah, said you didn't know you were going to have to yeah, face up right, to those right, things. Yeah, so you learned right, to face right, up to it in the right, service, and okay, now you Okay, I was older. Up. And I had a little more experience in life, mm -hmm. you know. I was still wild, you know. But I had experienced a lot of things out there in them three years, you know. So I took all that in consideration. But I don't think I was using it wisely then. I think I was too young. Cause like I said, I was still wild, you know. Those things didn't start gelling together until I got, <coughs> well, I guess I got in my 30s. Then I started really realizing things, you know. Like what thing? Uh, about all this segregation and stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Like I said, after I started getting exposed to it through Bill Bailey, you know, that's when it really started dawning on me, you know. Just what kind of a world I was living in. You know, because I had started venturing out. You know, I started grasping the things. I wanted things better for my kids than I had for myself. What year did you get married? Oh, I think I got married in 50. I was a young man then, you know. And when my kids came up, I started thinking, boy, this ain't right. I want them to get a good education like I see these whites out here getting, you know. And then that's really, really what made me start wanting to start demonstrating. You know, I felt I just couldn't go through life without not doing anything, you know. I had to make my mark on life. And you worked at the packing company. When did you start there? Oh, I started it independent in 53. In 53. What did your wife, what part did she play in all? Uh, she was strong-minded, but uh, she did her as in a quiet way, you know. Or she never took part in the demonstration. Well, I, I, I never did try to enforce anything on her. But I mean, as far as the children are concerned, did she um, did she work or did she stay at home? Oh, my wife home? worked. She worked. Mm -hmm. Where did she work? My wife was a beautician. Hmm. Where did your children go to school? Uh, I think I told you, didn't I tell you, Holy Ghost? That's right. Yeah, the yeah they went to call Holy Ghost, and then. Uh, Shirley and and and, yeah. uh, and uh, Stan, they went to to uh, to O'Fallon, and Brad went to Beaumont. What was it? I'm skipping around a lot now. I know. I'm sorry, but uh, um, what was it like when the laws and customs changed here in St. Louis, and the public accommodations and everything began to be open? How was it for you? Um, and you and your family? What? It really did it. Now you're saying it opened up. Did it really open up? Well, I don't know. Did it? <laughs> Just stop and think for a moment. 
passage really opened up? I don't think so. I think we're just going right back around in a circle again. Well, I suppose my question, um, I think we're talking about two different things. I guess I, guess I was nailing in on the fact that movies opened up and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I was wondering how that, how you approach that particular thing and, and how it made you feel. And you're talking about everything as a whole and has it really opened up? Uh, you're talking about a movie, you know. I mean, uh, like I said, we had our own movies, you know. I mean, it, yeah. I didn't want a movie, you know. That didn't excite me about going to the white man's movies, uh, to his restaurants. We had our own restaurants. And I was perfectly satisfied eating in my restaurants because we had something of our own then. We don't have anything of our own now. I think we were advancing more then than we are now because we, we haven't advanced any at all. Look at our kids today, the black kids. They're out here killing each other. The white man has put the drugs out here. He put it out here for us, you know. And this was because he figured we was trying to get ahead, you know. You know, you hear that old cliche about you cut off the head and the body will die? When they killed King, we stopped right there. That stopped us. We stopped dead in our tracks. We haven't advanced any at all. Clarence, is, is that a generational kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I do hear or read or listen to all of which I think is not very well done media uh, interpretation of, of events and people. Um, but you hear all of, that's passe, that kind of, you know, king. Um, is that a generational thing that you and I feel that way about him or Bobby Kennedy or somebody like that? Um, and then young people today think it's... They don't even know nothing about it. So I guess you're right. It was a generation thing. I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah, I, I think, I, I guess it you're was. You're in a better you know, position. Yeah, it was in my generation because now it don't seem like it means anything to the generation now. Yeah. You know. Whatever was did back that end, they don't even think nothing about it. And I suppose that, that why talking to, to you and to other people about a certain time, only I'll get to younger people, but it seems to me that there was something very valiant about this time, and a lot of strength. It strength. was, it was. And with your a lot parents, of pride and, was yeah. there, you know. Yeah. A lot of pride. When you got out there and marched in, you marched with pride because it made you feel good to stand up and say, I'm just as good as you are. You, um, you know, the, I don't know, where am I going? I'm going, I'm going with something now that, uh, well, yeah, I'm just as good as you are. Yeah. 
you know. See, at that time, you had a lot of Jew, Jewish people. You had a lot of Italian people. It was right out there with you, marching. You know, uh, you take all these lawyers and things. If they were getting those lawyers and things had to be paid, you know who that money was coming to? The Jews. The Jewish people were donating a lot of money. And that's the reason I say they had the care to donate that kind of money. The blacks didn't have it. For blacks. Right. The blacks did not have it. Well, now what's happened between the blacks and the Jews. Okay. It's, uh, it's been a wedge put in between, you know. And when they drove that wedge in between it, it got distance in between us. But I think it's getting back together again. How'd the wedge you get? Know. Uh, it's just like anything else. You cut off the head and the body of that, you know. We were getting along too well. So, here you go again. The white man had to stop it, you know. Are we talking wasp? Mm, I said, could you say so? Well, I don't know. Well, maybe who are so. they? I mean, I guess uh, I don't even know who they are. When you say they, you're the talking about man. the white man, yeah, period. Well, you know, not well, names, well, but as a generation, uh-huh. you know, a race of people, you know. It's, 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 it, who else could it have been? Who else? It, what, it, who else could it have been? It couldn't have been no, a black man. No, it couldn't no, have been an Indian. Meant, it couldn't have been the Chinaman, you know. You know. Which, which when you say white whites, man? you say white not as a whole, but the racist. The racist whites. White, okay. You know, like, I, I just, uh, you say, for instance, your skinheads, uh, your, your Ku Klux Klan, they got a lot of power there. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be surprised if the people that you think that, hey, this person is fine, and he's sitting up there with, he might be a senator or a governor or whatever, got this say per se with power, but in the background, he belongs to these, these organizations, you know. So, it, it, the wedge, is, it, they, they drive it in there, and when I say it, a wedge, he drives it with all kind of different literature, hate talk, you know. And you'd be surprised how hate talk can get around, yeah. you know, and putting it up, drop a word here and a word there with this family, that family, you know, and there that hate start boiling up again, you know. And when anything, you know, you got a wedge that it's going to start driving us apart, you know. And you wonder what happened, you know. Uh, say, for instance, uh, Sister Prince and I was real close, you know. And got to your man, you know. And if you're weak, he'll find that weak link and he'll drive that wedge there. And he'll drop a little thing here about, well, uh, Sister Prince, uh, you know, uh, your husband is going to bed with his wife, you know, that hate talk, you know. And it has been dead. Look how they did Martin Luther King, 
you know. But you got to be strong, you know. But everybody's not strong. So when I said the white man, it starts with the white man. It didn't start from no other race of people. You think back. Okay. Um, there's something I'd, I'd like to know about. You said something on the phone, and, um, and, and I wrote it down. You said, you were talking about Mill Creek, and you said when Mill Creek was, al was still alive then. Mill Creek was still alive then. And you visually made me see lots of bustling, busy people. <laughs> oh, yeah, know, well, it, full, it, it, yeah. A yeah. full life. Of right, it was a full life down there. You had everything in there. You had uh, your businesses. Mm -hmm. You had your entertainment. Uh, you had your schools, so basically you had everything down there. So, what happened? What what was life after Mill Creek like? And yeah, you go again. When, like I say, you cut off the head and the body dies. See, when they came through the Mill Creek area, it was not they wanted that land. You know, <coughs> very few of us owned anything down there. We were renting. And the ones that own things down there, they just took it away from them, you know. Because there you go again, the white man wanted that land down there with valuable property. So he just put us out, you know. He says, okay, I'm going to put you out here in a, a better part of the city, you know. And all they ran for it, you know. They had inside toilets and things, you know. Uh, you used to live in an outhouse. You used to living in cold water flats. You're out there with hot and cold running water, you know. So you ran for this, you know. You didn't know how valuable your land was down there. So then he put us out here in these, these big homes out here, and people started buying homes and things. And property that he had, <laughs> he didn't even want himself. He had lived in it, and, and, and he didn't even want it anymore, so he just started letting you stay in it, you know. But now he went right back downtown. In that same area that he tore down. And now look at your businesses and things down there. While blacks were staying, you got predominantly white businesses down there. How many black businesses do you have down there in the Mill Creek area? All of them is white. What happened to the black community? It scattered. It's scattered all over the city and all to the county and you know, we just scattered all over. You know. He broke us up. Do you know at that time you had all the voting power downtown in that in that ward down there? He looked up and he seen you could have had a black mayor at that time. Do you think that, that Mill Creek needed improving on? Sure it needed improving. I don't doubt that, but it was the way it was did. Um, you went to Lawton, is that, no, no, where'd you go um, after that? You lived at Walnut, which is yeah. downtown, mm -hmm. and then you came back to Mill Creek after the war, mm -hmm. and then 
They didn't start with Mill Creek to the late 50s. In the 50s, yeah. Late 50s. And then you moved to Westminster after Mill Creek, is that right? Mm, basically, yeah. I remember going out there from Westminster. Well, I mean, some people went to Pruitt Igo. No, I didn't go into Pruitt Igo. No, I went downtown Westminster. Do you know how it was done? I mean, and how did you feel when they were demolishing it? And can you go into that a little bit for me? Well, one, you know, one day you woke up and a ball was swinging. You know, just like I said, uh, the white man seen, he woke up one day and seen the voting power that you had in that, because you had that, that sixth ward down there, you know, and then uh, I forget what the other ward was across town. Those two wards together, that had a lot of voting power. We controlled the city. And he had to break it up. So that's what he did. He come through there and he told you about your land, your houses wasn't no good, and this and that. We're gonna, we're gonna give you some money and we're gonna move you out in better areas, you know. And that's when he started letting you move out, you know. But he, he knew in the meantime, he was getting that voting power out, you know. See, and we was all right there together. That was a lot of voting power. But see, when he broke it up, you lost your voting power. So then what he did, he just moved back down there and he took that valuable land and he started building, putting his business and things down there. If you had the power to change it or do something, what would you do? In what respect? In any respect. And it, it could be in what we're talking about now, which is uh, how race impacts on people. Um, or if we're talking oh, about. Oh, uh, boy, that's. Just, <laughs> I, mean, what, what? I don't know what I would do. It's, it, it's so messed up now. You know, It's just really, who can do anything? You know, it's it's only the good Lord up above can solve this problem. You know, I'm just <laughs> a speck in the milk. So you know. you're a speck in the milk, but but you're an alderman in Beverly Hills, and but what and the, uh, no, I know, I know, and and you you uh, what 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 it seems is it integrated here? It seems pretty in this area mm -hmm. here. Now you got it predominantly black here. Is it predominantly? Yeah. When I first come out here, actually, when I first come here, it was predominantly white, nasty and changed to predominantly black. You know, oh, they get along nice, fine in this area. You know, well, you got some of your misfits in here like this. See, you got a, 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 a new generation now. You got these young bucks now. You know, now that's the problem. You don't have no problem. Now. Your older people, they, they learn, learn to live together. But what about your young generation? This is your problem now. People my age, I done seen it all. You know, all I want is a quiet life, you know. But you got a problem on your hand now, a big problem. So now why do you go from here? Just like you asked me, why do we go from here? I don't know. Tell me where I can really go. Uh, you're 
you you you're making a nice nice step there. You know, you you're in the right you're going in the right direction. I don't know how good it's gonna do, but I think you you trying to do something here and might just might someday if you write this book, somebody will take notice, you know. I said, Boy, I say, wait a minute. Maybe this might solve the problem, you know, what she's doing here. She's trying to get these these uh these uh these different races of people together. And if they can sit down and talk, that's all it takes, communicating. And learn to live together. Boy, that acorn is hard to crack. Because see, just like I said with all the people my age, they can see this, but now you done you done run into a stone wall with these youngsters now. And all they doing is killing each other out here. Why are they doing that? You know, they keep telling me that they have no other outlook on life, but no, they they I've seen myself the rough part. When they came along, this was the easy part of life that they had. But the system changed. What's, why didn't you all kill each other? What, what? We had respect for each other. We but were brought what? up with respect. To, we had a fist fight, but not just to kill. See, we, our parents brought us up differently. The parents of today, they want to more or less be buddy buddies with their with their kids, you know, run with them, and you can't have that, you know. You got to, if you got a child, you got to be the mother, and that child has got to be. I don't care dog on how old that child, that child will still be your child, and you're gonna always be the parent. Clarence, when you were young, were there drugs? I mean, sure, they had drugs out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were. But you didn't hear of drugs every day. You know, only the the elite got hold of cocaine. Mm -hmm. See, that was what they call a a rich man's drug. You know, musicians and uh, professional people use cocaine. Okay, you might have got uh, a little of that marijuana in the neighborhood few of them might be using it. But there's an overall people drank. Yeah. You know, they they didn't fool with drugs that much then. You didn't have the neighborhoods infiltrated uh, with drugs. Now it's just wide open. It's it's more like uh, the, the the liquor store used to is now. It, it's plentiful. The only thing they just haven't got a tax on it. But you can get it on any street corner. Um, how do you feel about St. Louis? Did you want to come back and live here? Sure, St. Louis was a nice place. You know, climate was nice. Working conditions was nice at that time because at that time, all those things were segregated. But you had your packing houses. Mm -hmm. We didn't have no problems at the packing house. You had uh, places like General Motors. Uh, you had plenty of work here, you know. 
And it was, it was, it was at, at all the places that I had been, you know, St. Louis was about just as well off as any of the rest of them. Um, you told me what your children did on the phone, I believe. But um, would you tell me on the tape? Yes, well, my son, he works at, uh, he's over at St. Louis, uh, I mean, at Washington U. Mm -hmm. uh, I got uh, one son in, uh, <coughs> in uh, well, he's in Denver now. He works for a chemical company up there. And I got a daughter, she's in Seattle, Washington. She works for that, uh, I think you call it the Civic Center where all sports activities are there. Um, when you were ill, when you were a kid, do you remember what your, how you got treated? Um, I mean, did you go to a hospital or did yeah. you have a doctor? Uh, uh, Which hospital? Homer Phillips. I never was what you call ill. No. I went there circumcised, you know, and uh, Homer Phillips was brand new then. I will forget you could smell all the newness there, you know. Mm -hmm. But as a kid, that was the only time that I had been in the hospital. Um, where when you got sick, your, your folks treated you for colds. They used those old home remedies, goose grease, and uh, just home remedies, mm -hmm. you know, castor oil. You took plenty of that. You know. But uh, we didn't have money to go to the doctors and things. Um, what, you lived in Mill Creek and so there were other neighborhoods. What was, uh... Okay, you had, uh, well, your West End, you know, uh, it, uh, well, they had better houses, you know. And, but really, you, you didn't even think nothing about that. You know, it didn't dawn on you, because like I said, we was living a good life down Um, okay. I don't have any more things that, but I want to know maybe what you would want Tell me. Well, the first thing I, w I would like for the system to change. Uh, that's the only way that uh, you, you're going to solve these problems. You know, you, you, you got, see, I, I've seen it, the good life, and now I'm seeing the bad times, especially for these young people, you know. See, when I came up as a kid, we came up as kids, we learned how to play. And that's what a kid needs to do, is learn how to play as a kid. And you take it step at a time. These kids now are grown before they ever become kids. Uh, you never heard of youngsters 13 and
And somehow, sometimes, in both, in all communities, the parents aren't around. Or, or, I had a discussion with a friend once, and it was like, what do we do wrong? <laughs> you know, and she said, we wanted our children to be happy. I don't know. How in the world do you want your child to be happy when you don't show that child no quality time? All you're doing is working all the time. You don't want your child to be happy. What you want is to have material things for these kids. And you cannot bribe a kid with material things. You know, Johnny, uh, you be a good boy and I'll buy you such and such a thing. Johnny is going to just use you then Johnny's going to do what he wants. But if you control that child and discipline that child, Johnny will be a better kid. See, when you discipline a child, it shows you love the child. But when you get that, that child to have, do anything you want to do, it, it, you don't show no love for that child. You know, do you think when my parents whooped me, my, my, my parents hated me, my mother used to tell me this is hurting me worse than it do you. At the time, I was a child. See, a child is dumb. They don't know what's going on. See, I thought my mother, I said, she hates me. She's whooping. My mother loved me when she whooped me. Well, I don't know the statistics on child abuse, but that seems to be a big thing. Then, before you ever start writing this, you got to get to the generation now. Then you file, find out the statistics on child abuse. You mean you look inter into interview, that. interview the young Thank people. you. If you're going to do it, go all the way with it. Because if you don't, you're just going to get to a certain point and stop. Well, and nobody will ever know. And I, uh, I can't cover everything, and that's one of the problems. And what I started out to do was just but to find out. But this is in there. You got to cover this. Was so. just to find out how people found out who they were, and uh, and how they learned about how they placed themselves, and how they placed other people in their lives how they got defined, just, just what you've been telling me today. But there are so many, you could go off on any tangent uh, of this. I just But see, the part that you're writing involves this right today. Go ahead and talk. You know, you, you just don't stop it, right at the generation that I was in. No, 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 I know that. See, I know you won't want to go a little further than this. Yes. But see, then you got to find out the statistics on this child mm -hmm. abuse thing. No, I said I don't know what yeah. they are. Yeah. I don't but know. you're going to have to find out. It's there. But you just got to stop but, but, and think but, and look well, back and see how, in my generation, how it helped us and how it's hurting the generation today, the parents. Well, there's a spanking and then there's right. child abuse. Right. And there's corporal punishment. Child abuse, right, okay. Child yeah. abuse comes from when you're destroying this kid, okay? A spanking is just probably on the legs or on the behind. To get their attention. Right. We know, we know what that is. Right. You know what that yeah. is. I know now what that you, is. Now, we know the difference between child but abuse. But you and I are not who we're talking about. And... Uh, 
everything swings, the pendulum swings. And um, anyway, I guess we could go on and on and on and on about But this. you know what? Somebody's going to look at that and say, hey, wait a minute, maybe this, well, maybe this is what we got to do, you know. But the, you know what? That's What's what we thing. got to do? Uh, when they read this, hopefully someday you might write this book, mm -hmm. okay? But see, it's just like a baby crying all the time, you know. You never know what a baby uh, wants until that child cries. Then you know it's something wrong. If you're listening, if you're paying you attention. You got to listen. Well, but then people okay. are at home and they're not. Somebody's going to listen. You know what, if, if I stand up on top of this building and stand up there all day long and start hollering and talking, People are going to come, somebody's going to start looking up. Mr. King. And somebody's going to stand there and listen. I think we're all hollering now. How did you think we got started in the Civil Rights Movement? Somebody started listening. You have a lot of faith. I, it wasn't me. Martin Luther King had the faith. Well. I was just only a, a tool. But when we got out there, somebody started listening. But he's gone. That, when King died, it's somebody else going to listen. He was in that generation in time. But there's somebody else out here. There is. You might be the one. No. Hey, uh, he didn't think he was the one. Uh, See, you never know who's going to read what you're writing. But if you put it there. It's going to be your words. But it's your idea. See, I'm just a tool. See, you're the head. Now, if they cut your head off, then all this going to die, right? And never will get published. It'll lay in a corner somewhere. I thank you. You're more than welcome. When when you were out and um uh and would you come home and would you ask your mother about the word nigger or why a, a colored person couldn't work here or couldn't work there? No, uh uh. You never even heard that word called to you nigger. Uh, it, it was no cause for anyone to call you that work when you was a kid coming up, you know. Because uh, you were all right, segregated. Right, we were all segregated in that area, you know. Uh, you hear this word boy all the time, you know. But you didn't hear that word nigga until you got grown. Well, you were a boy, so did the boy, the word boy bother you? Yeah, it bothered you because, see, at that time, that was, that was a no-no to call you boy for a white to call you boy. Now yeah. how did you know that? Because it was told to you. By? The, the neighbors, uh, the other kids, mm -hmm. you know, that's, you're oh, not a boy, a yeah, he called you a boy, especially him being white, you know. <coughs> but that word, nigger, uh, that word didn't come up until you just got grown. Because it, it, you, you didn't have to run into that, you know, even the places that you worked, Around the restaurants and things now. 
call you, nigga. No, thank you. But that word never came out. Like I told you, I never run in, into that until after I got in service. You know, I used something here back a little further that I think would be wrong for you, but not wrong for me. I used the word mama, your, your mama, which, to, which is my mother called her mother mama. She didn't call her mother or mom or whatever. And, so and I, I understand my that, that that's not a good thing to say. And yet when I said oh, it, I No, 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 oh, no. Because okay. some of us did say mama. Because what? Some of us did say mama. Okay. You know. Uh, I didn't call my mother mama or mother. I called her mother dear. It was my dear. My dear. Right. right. It was my dear. You know. Some of us called, said mama. Some of them said mother. So no, that's, that, that word. But your that, mama is not right, I understand. That's not a, I don't know where I got that. Well, I don't know why you got that from. I don't from. know. Because okay. we called our mother's mama, mm -hmm. you know. My dear, and you know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah. it's just according to what you, the first word that you heard, that's the first word you called your mother, you know? Mommy. Right. <laughs> if you had older sisters, it was mommy, mama, mother, my dear, you know. But anyway, so, so we didn't, so you didn't have to go home and ask because no, it wasn't No, anything. no, no, no. I never went home and asked why was I called a nigger. When I was first called a nigger, I was grown, so I didn't have to go home and ask, you know. I was old enough to know. The only thing, you might, they might have said, boy, you know. I guess I just wanted to know what transpired. Yeah. But now that, that never was the thing that you had to go home and ask. I know I didn't. Very few of us in the neighborhood went home and asked that word, you know. Okay.